We interrupt your regular schedule of Shock Treat Minute to proudly present a specially broadcasted bonus episode. Burr, 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 burr. And oh my gosh, because I am actually a little starstruck right now. Um, because when people ask me what my must watch television is, it is this channel on YouTube. Today, our actually, our first bonus episode guest of yes, our of our season. season. I'm so excited. I can't I'm like pinching myself that I get to say this right now is Bachelor Fan Take. Okay. Hi. I'm, I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be cool. Hi, welcome to our show. Hi. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you because uh to be honest, I became completely reinvested in watching the Bachelor franchise to analyze the editing along with you with every episode like you do in your like recaps and preview videos but you do the good work man <laughs> thank you how would you describe your videos um essentially if you have never heard about me or don't know what i do i recap the bachelor and I also break down the previews and try to predict as much as I can mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a pretty hard way. Oh. That's Sorry the safe that. word, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone knocked on my door. Oh. No problem. If uh, you want to go just... check, I totally understand. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no we're problem. nice, uh, less than two minutes into the recording. And we're Sorry about that. Jackson no. just had to say hi. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm back. You're you're truly getting the experience of what it's like for me to edit any of my videos. <laughs> I love the behind the scenes info. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's always as soon as I start recording, Jackson has something he has, to say. Exactly, he has an opinion. It's important. <laughs> yeah. All but right. yes, Where I, were I had just asked you how you would describe your content. Yeah, so I recap the show, and I I use real clips from the show. And you predict what you think might happen. And I uh, go very deep into analyzing um, mm -hmm. what happens each episode, what can we expect from the next episode, and can we predict the ending just on the footage that they give us in each preview or preseason preview. It's such, I, I mean, we love that method of analyzing. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> totally our gig. But you have figured out so many of the tricks of ABC's, like, production and editing tactics based on, like, what outfits the contestants are wearing or, like, compared yeah. to previous seasons and their previews and what the outcomes are from those contestants. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It is so fascinating to watch because it gives a totally different lens to viewing reality TV of like what level of actual reality is occurring here versus production. Yeah. 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 And, and any, um, any reality TV show, not just The Bachelor, has mm -hmm. a certain level of uh, scriptedness. And, uh, and, and I, just about every uh, 
reality TV show has someone who's in charge of the story of the right, season. Right, who's too. shaping the narrative. Yeah, who uh, who wants to make, I guess, as you know, good of a season as they possibly can, and so they kind of stack the deck as much as they can in their favor. Yeah, totally. While we were working on our first season, uh, doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, Haley got me super into Bachelor in Paradise, and I had never watched anything Bachelor before. And I was kind of like, this is kind of a ridiculous premise. I don't really know how I feel about this. And then she got me to start watching Bachelor in Paradise, and I was 100% addicted. I tried to watch some of the, like, Bachelorette and Bachelor, and, like, not so much my thing, but Bachelor in Paradise is totally my gig. And we've been trying to find a way to tie Mm -hmm. in (laughs) something Bachelor into our show. And it just happens to be perfect because this movie, Shock Treatment, has to do with reality TV. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh my gosh, here we are. This I is... really just wanted an excuse to invite you <laughs> on. I was like, I need to talk Bachelor with this guy, and I need to hear his opinion on this movie. Because, well, well, we'll, we'll get to it. But do you have any thoughts <laughs> off the bat of um, shock treatment? Yeah, well, I was curious. So I, I would say in terms of like Rocky Horror Picture Show... Mm-hmm. or shock treatment i'm probably what you would call your kind of average viewer someone mm-hmm. who has seen rocky horror picture show and um that's about it <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen it with like a shadow cast or at a screening or anything like that before? um yeah and and funnily enough um i actually was almost in a production of rocky <gasps> horror picture show oh my gosh so, who wait 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 uh, let me guess I- let me guess <laughs> Were you going to be Brad? No. <gasps> Were you going to be Frankenfurter? Yeah. <gasps> I, that's who I was going to be. Um, oh my gosh. I'm on the it, floor. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'm out of my chair. This is incredible but, to, to yeah, do right now. It was kind of a doomed production because <laughs> I was actually brought in after everyone was already cast. Oh. And I think the Frank was... there. Were, I, I don't know why, but... He had to leave or some mm-hmm. something at the very last minute. And then I don't know where it went after that. It just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of got the call and said, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen actually. And then it just never did. So Aww. so it sounds like you were just waiting for your next chance. You're <laughs> yes. like, when can I be Frank? When can I do it? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You absolutely should if you've ever considered doing it because it is so fun um but i bet I, I digress what did you think of shock treatment like as it's did you think of it as a sequel what were you thinking about rocky horror at all when you were oh, watching shock I, treatment? well a hundred percent while mm-hmm. i was watching it you'll have to forget i watched it about a week ago i mm-hmm. i thought i'd uh, get it in before all of the uh the latest season craziness started oh, yes. um, so i've got a little cheat i've got a little cheat sheet here on like the names and stuff Totally understand. There's a lot of characters. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched it through the lens of, you know, this is the Rocky Horror Picture Show sequel. And this is also the, I believe, you know, panned of the two. The more uh, critically yeah. not well received, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't help but compare oh, the yeah. two. Like, some of the tunage sounds... Similar, and I'm wondering, like, is this trying to be the next uh, 
Time Warp, you know, this song or, mm-hmm. or, or a hit or something like that. And I guess um, my feel watching the two and the main difference is Shock Treatment seemed a little bit more of, I don't know, commentary, mm-hmm. I guess. Whereas Rocky Horror Picture Show felt, one, like a sort of... There was more of a, a of a tribute to like B movie horror yes. and, like and stuff like that. Le- a love letter to yeah, sci-fi. and 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 I don't know. I felt like if you were someone uh, when either of these movies came out, who was maybe not the cookie cutter mold of what society says, like this is what you should be, mm-hmm. um, and you saw Rocky Horror Picture Show, you might feel like like at home. Yeah, and there are there are other you know. There, there is a place for me, the kind of area of the world that society might deem odd or different, and you might find a little bit of, of home in there, whereas shock treatment was, I don't know, I think it was just more commentary, and maybe you don't, maybe if you're someone who uh, society might have called an outsider or something like that, you might not have felt that place of home with that movie, and maybe that's the reason why... I don't know. I I think there's a big difference between the two. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree, yeah. And it was uh, ahead of its time for a few reasons. But again, we'll get to it. Because what I have been wanting to talk (laughs) with you about is also, like, YouTube as a platform. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As as someone who is a regular user of the platform. A creator. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Like what what is what is reality because and like uh when our television is no longer just what the big wigs in hollywood mm-hmm. are deciding is being produced right now it's also individuals all over the world are like i'm interested in this and i'm going to make my own whole tv channel about this interest yeah. and i as a consumer can have an entire one place where I can be like, cool, I can jump between bachelor videos and tiny van videos or like power washing videos. Because, yeah. Because that's my recommended section. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, understand that although it is a platform of creators, mm-hmm. it is also a platform that is very corporate and controlled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's not just like like what you are seeing is also controlled by YouTube. They are pushing certain videos over mm-hmm. other videos and they mm-hmm. are trying to dictate what and what doesn't get your view. But at the end of the day, you know, the number one thing for them is your view and uh, and trying to I guess keep you on the website as long as possible. So, you know, at the end of the yeah. day, whatever works, is they're going to push that, regardless of what they want. Do you like YouTube as a platform? Is there anything uh, <laughs> that you could imp- you think could be improved upon that... Oh, it's... absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there are a l- there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that uh, it, it can be extremely frustrating, mm-hmm. Um extremely uh discouraging confusing too like on on you know what their policies might be uh, what is allowed to have ads on it and sure. uh, what isn't mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. 
and quality of life stuff sometimes as well. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, do I believe that for the most part they're trying to, you know, improve, I don't, I don't know, a platform for creators and not for just monetary game, gain? I, I, do, I do believe that, but... Um, I've also had a pretty, you know, easy go, like easy, lucky time of it on YouTube as well. So you think so? you feel that way? That's so that's nice. That's wonderful that you feel that way. Yeah. Uh, well, I also I mean that in like I started my channel and I think like for a lot of people, they they make videos and they push and they kind of find their niche over a mm-hmm. long period of time. Mm-hmm. And through that struggle. Uh, you're going to be dealing with creator support and you might not be on the top of their priority list because especially like in a pandemic they don't have as many people answering questions um, if like mm-hmm. something were to go wrong if uh, sometimes there's there's like a, a bot that will deem whether or not your video is uh, you know appropriate or you know have any uh, kind of unwanted content or stuff you have to blur yeah, violates yeah. the, you know, terms of service or whatever. And occasionally it will flag a video by accident. You know, sometimes if you've already uploaded a video, you know, it's it's too late by that point. You're uh, you're kind uh. of stuck. And uh, I, I have noticed that as I've gotten more subscribers, I get a bit of a quicker response sometimes. Or, or I will, you know, the time it takes to reach someone... Uh, who actually has read my full, uh, you know, ticket or whatever, mm-hmm. and truly understands, and try and is trying to, uh, you know, rectify the situation. Yeah, you Maybe get like a different tier of support. I'm thinking that's the the case. I've yeah. noticed that as yeah. uh, as I've gone on. So that's that's sort of what I mean by I, I felt like I've had an easier go of things, mm-hmm. and so perhaps my view on. Uh, on how YouTube is doing is a little bit on the on the nicer side. Well, you know, I found out about you from one of my coworkers, my friend Rahat. So shout out to her if she listens to shout this. Shout out. And like, yeah, we just would talk about The Bachelor, whatever season was on. And mm-hmm. it was when I was not that interested in it. It was around uh, Redacted season. Yeah. I dropped off <laughs> for a minute. And... I, she was like, no, 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 you need to watch an episode and then you need to watch this guy's YouTube channel because it's totally going to change your viewing experience. And oh my gosh, it has. (laughs) When did you decide to like start analyzing The Bachelor? Are you like a massive fan? Have you always been a massive fan? Um, no, I've not always (laughs) been a massive fan, though I... (laughs) I can say that I have I did watch the first season when it came out with my mom. My mom has I think watched always. Mm-hmm. And when I was really little, she would my mom um, she worked and she would come home, you know, like seven o'clock mm-hmm. sometimes at night and quickly make something and and sometimes time with you know, my brother or I was, let's sit down and watch something. Absolutely. And watch something that mom wanted to watch because, you know, she, she'd been working. And so I, I watched, I watched the first season of The Bachelor with her when I was really little. Um, and then, you know, eventually <laughs> that stopped. But a few years back, I was with some friends and 
it was one of those Sundays where, uh, you know, you don't want to do anything. You just want to watch some trash. Yeah, And, absolutely. you know, maybe pig out. <laughs> and we watched a whole season of The Bachelor. Absolutely. Yes. Which, which season? I think, like, <laughs> one of the first two I'd watched was... Um, it was either uh, Sean or uh, Ben Flagenix. Okay. Okay, okay. And and when you uh, watch a whole season of The Bachelor in one day, all in a row, <laughs> you get really you in tune with... You go a little with, crazy? Yeah, you go a little crazy, <laughs> but you also get really in tune with the like little tricks that they do sometimes, especially with the previews. Because a preview is not meant to be watched <laughs> like right after uh you know you watch the next episode or something like that like uh, a preview is meant to have a full week in between from when you watch it to when the next episode episode Mm -hmm. is so you forget the little things that they do and every show does this reality show rupaul Mm -hmm. is a Mm -hmm. big one where you can uh they will show you something in the previews, and I found it's usually the opposite. The absolute yes. opposite. Yeah, like they will read someone and say, you know, you were so boring in that challenge. And then a week later, uh, you know, they're that the winner queen, of the challenge. Yeah, is the winner they of the challenge. They did wonderfully. It was all to just get you to watch yeah. the next week, think they were in trouble. Yeah, the fan favorite is, you know, in trouble, and you go, oh my gosh, right. I have to watch the next episode. You really get in tune with that if you binge watch. Uh, a season all in a row and so <laughs> it was kind of uh you know I, I was noticing things and calling out like oh this person's not going you know oh that person is in the cleveland date you know down the line yeah yeah um so they can't they go show, this episode like, they they'll show like final three footage or yeah absolutely uh, hometown footage in the first preview that's so juicy that's got a yeah. lot of information in it and then they just hope you forget <laughs> and don't remember yeah. that you saw that. Yeah, and, and they do that because they need to show you almost every season, every like season preview, preseason preview, um, maybe not so much in the week to weeks later, but they want they sandwich a preview in almost the same way every time and they show you something exciting, then they put the drama right in the middle Mm-hmm. And then they finish off with the romance. Yeah, sprinkle it so in at the they, end. Yeah, they want to show you, you know, like, oh, the bungee jump date. Like, these are all the exciting things that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, here's all the drama that's going to happen. All the fighting and, ooh, you know, that's going to be fun. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're here for the romance. Allegedly, you know, hopefully. Right. And, and so here you go. Here's all the, uh, the really, really good romance that's going to happen. And that typically doesn't occur until the end of the sh- of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like after final six. Yeah, they can show you maybe a couple of good clips of some kissing or some dates that are nice and romantic. They can't keep showing that over and over again. They're going to have to draw from the the good stuff at the end. So mm-hmm. that's that's why you always see, always see. That uh, you know, like final three, final the s- revealing stuff. Yeah, they've shown clips from uh you know like final two right at the beginning before um they they've shown clips where like the person's already been decided (laughs) um (laughs) Mm -hmm. they they've shown uh like with claire and tasha season when they had the fake out and uh tasha came in they showed tasha (laughs) 
in the the previous the Ferris episode. wheel shots. Ferris wheel. Which ended there up was being multiple. Incredibly revealing. If you yeah, consider the and, outcome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they showed multiple Zach dates with Tasha. Yes, Zach was her uh, final pick. Uh, they showed mm-hmm. other uh, photo shoot um, wedding dress yes. photo shoot date on the trampoline. Um, and then just m- tried to cover it up and make it seem like it was Claire. <laughs> How so, wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then uh, with Ben Flagic's season, that was the, the one that really, uh, really drew me into f- analyzing. Were you Team Courtney? Uh, I was not. I was not. <laughs> but who was his, his second pick? I forget who was his runner-up that season. Oh, she, she was like into horses. <laughs> I, I, that's all I remember. Sure. I okay. think. Or was that was that Sean Lowe? Anyway, oh, she was the. Um, no, no. Uh, yeah, she was into horses. <laughs> um, and yeah, no. Sean Lowe was the lady who showed up in the wedding dress night one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It it was fascinating watching the season, uh, Ben Flagic season. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one of my one of the worst bachelors, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> As bad as Juan Pablo? No, oh, no, Ooh. no. In a different Ugh. way. In a different way. Bad. In a different way. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they all um, bad in different ways? <laughs> good, good, good point. <laughs> um, but, but it was for me. It was always the villain never, never wins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just automatic. Uh, it should be an automatic disqualification because yeah. they're not a likable uh, character. You don't want to root for them to win, mm-hmm. and then and then she won. <laughs> and yeah. So, so then, like in that way, what is what is reality when it's like we are trying to have this perception, and the onset reality may have been that the chemistry was just so palpable, and the sexual tension could be cut with a knife, yeah. like, and that they were just like really really compatible with each other that's something as viewers we can't see that through a tv screen we can't feel that energy you know and and ben said afterwards he was shocked at the uh the edit and the and the reception Mm -hmm. that she got Mm -hmm. and um and he said it was so awkward being at the airport and people are calling out like you know courtney's horrible and he's like you know like i'm with her right now in his mind he's saying um but also, yeah. if you know, if you were to ever go back and watch that season, I, I would take a look at how Courtney's edit changes as it gets kind of closer to hometowns, and then on uh, on her hometown date, there's like you know there's a shift in how um, they portray her because mm-hmm. you know she's gonna she's gonna be the one who ends up with him. So uh, they're not still together though, are they? No, no, she's, she, I think she, was she just, um, I, I feel like I just saw something where she was pregnant. Sure. No. I have no idea. Uh, with with <laughs> yeah. the man who she's now with, who is not, um, Ben. He's so. not in the Bachelor Nation. He's not another, like, incestual I don't Bachelor believe, yeah, connection. No. I no, saw I, a weird I believe headline not. about him and Jennifer Love Hewitt, but I don't know. Ben, ben Flagnick? Yes. Because she was just trying to figure out who his runner-up was. She just looked it up on her phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't yes. I couldn't place his face. I was like, I know the name, but like I can't think of his face. And then I pulled it up, and I was like, mm, yes, yes, yes. How yeah. interesting, though. Like, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, just like a random headline of like those two together. And I was like, that's right. 
That's something. Okay, okay, okay. keep that in mind because I have I have something later in my notes that I this ties into. Okay, okay. okay. So then you, after watching that season, you were like, I need to make a channel about this. I need to analyze well, yeah. these previews. How did you get to that point? Well, there were a few more seasons, like watching it on air, that mm-hmm. happened before the the channel came into place, and and then that was sort of my thing. Um, uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was whether you liked it or not, the guy who said no, no, that person's not, mm-hmm. you know, going, mm-hmm. or that person's going to be in in the final four or whatever. And on top of that, I had you know a, a kind of group chat going with. Um, my family and a few friends, uh, where we would send each other memes and, you know, like a lot of people, like people do on Twitter. So good. Joking about the show and it's all good fun. And uh, someone suggested that I start a YouTube channel and the sort of idea was to bring that feeling, the feeling of watching the show with someone and, uh, you know, sending each other memes and funny things to make each other laugh as you're watching the show, as someone does something silly mm-hmm. or stupid or whatever, <laughs> and and put that experience on in a video on YouTube. Um, and in actuality, I had when uh, it started, the preview stuff in my mind was kind of secondary. That that was more like what I just kind of wanted to do for myself as mm-hmm. well. To keep track, and I think, you were like, "This might give me more insight." I get where you're well, coming like, from. Yeah, and and also uh, like I just I thought it, I, for me it was fun to yeah. do that. They're fascinating. And I think like if you go way back and look at some of those, they were much shorter because I, I didn't I didn't quite expect much out of them. I didn't know what kind of reception that would get. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's really then what actually got the most interest mm-hmm. <laughs> was the uh, were the were the breakdowns of the previews. Yes, because they're just so good and you put uh, the, like, okay, that makes so much sense that you guys were sending each other memes and stuff because you'll Mm -hmm. put in clips from The Office and from Parks and Rec and from every single good pop culture reference. It's like, ah, he nails it. That's so good. Ah, ah. So well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, just love it. Just wanted to, you know, give give that feedback. Um, Do you have a favorite season of the show then? Or I guess, do you have a favorite of the f- franchise? Because there's multiple shows. And then do you have a favorite season? Yeah. Um, I, I've always really, before the last few seasons, I've always really liked Caitlyn's for Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, right now I'm I'm all about Tasha's season because mm-hmm. I, I loved it. <laughs> and to me, it, you know, personifies what they should be doing absolutely and i sometimes wonder if the only reason it happened was because of the bubble and everything kind of had to be rushed and they didn't have all that time to plan their diabolical schemes mm-hmm. <laughs> um but for matt james season they did so i'm i'm hoping maybe we'll see some of that uh with katie season yeah i'm hopeful i'm always hopeful and i'm always <laughs> well i'm often disappointed um <laughs> You want but, the romance uh, to be there, because that's what you're signing up for when yeah. you watch the show as a viewer. You're like, hopefully I get to see a really yeah. fun romance blossom between and two That's quote, That's real what the people. premise of the show is, romance. And also, like, I approach both analyzing previews and recapping the show mm-hmm. in a very story-like way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, and that's that's you know the main character of the story is the lead and whoever they pick and right. everything else is the you know uh, uh, the the drama the conflict the raising the stakes to get you to care a good season is going to have that like crazy drama the fun drama in there you know maybe a villain mm-hmm. um but that gets tiring if there's no payoff at the end yes so I don't. We'll talk about Tasha's season a little later too, because oh my gosh, love her too. Uh, mm-hmm. But do you think that part of why her season was so good and the romance was so good is because all of the drama was used up by Claire in the first quarter, third of the half <laughs> of the season? You know, I there I there are a lot of reasons why I think that season is good. And yes. and I did, which I, I did a video on. <laughs> yes. Um, I did a video on why Tasha's season was good and Claire's was bad. Um, yes. And uh, the, the primary, I guess, aspects of it all have to do with investing in the people on the show. Right. We, as an audience, or I felt, at least myself, was invested in Tasha and each of the men. Mm-hmm. And we got to that point because... We spent more time focusing on the guys and their stories and reasons to root for them mm-hmm. than, mm-hmm. Uh, like, for Matt James season, I felt like I didn't know anyone. I, did, I felt like I didn't know Matt James. No, me neither. And so much time was taken up instead by, you know, drama, and that's well and good up to a certain point. Yes. Um, in Tasha's season, we had drama. We had, you know, Ed and Chasen and uh, Bennett the and Noah, shirt these guys. Schmedium shirt, chicken legs, <laughs> emotional intelligence. We had all of that oh, silly... Oh, the, the what's in the box. Yeah, all of that was <laughs> the there. The socks with the mustaches on them. Oh, it was just, like, gosh. so cringy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, but, like, but you laugh. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had... and. That it had its place. It was there, but once and it was fun because they neither of them felt like serious contenders. Yeah, that and that was my point. It felt like appropriate yeah. for these two boys to be fighting. Is like, well, let the yeah. real men step up to Tasha anyway. Okay, and and serious contenders can be involved in drama and usually are, but mm-hmm. the the purpose of that should be more along the lines of. This is some this drama or this whatever that's happening is the conflict that puts the relationship at risk. Yes. So it's more interesting to watch because there's a possibility that this romance that we're we're seeing unfold could be ruined because of something. And then yes. when it eventually breaks through, like any good uh, rom-com or movie or whatever, it, it feels all the sweeter and all the yeah. more special. So there is a place for that. Like how they kept teasing in all of the previews with the addiction and stuff like that. And you were just like, will they, won't they? Ah. Oh. And well, your heart was with just... Brendan. Yeah. Like, is he going to be ready for an engagement at the end of this? Is he mm-hmm. going to... Is Tasha the one for him that he's going to be able to get past this trauma? No, the the answer is no. Yeah, or will Ben returning, you know, like yes. mess with Tasha's mind or Ooh, something yes. like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I am hopeful again that Katie season will be more along the lines of that. Typically, it's more likely with the Bachelorette, it seems, mm-hmm. than with the Bachelor to have a season yeah. more focused on on romance. 
because the the first episode was not a, a cluster of drama. Right. I agree. There, there, there was really only like that one random moment where the one guy <laughs> went up to the other guy and was like, I don't like you. And I don't have to, I don't, you know. I don't have to deal with this right now, bro. I don't want to yeah, look at your face. I don't have to face. tell you why. Or... Oh my and, gosh. And, and the guy just is like talking head, he's like, who, who was that? I, I don't even know that guy's name. Did he? Yeah. Uh, it was Aaron, Aaron, and, Aaron and Cody <laughs> were the names of the guys. Aaron was talking to Cody. But also, like, oh, part of that almost certainly was just editing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that also tells you something. It tells you what the editors want you to know about these guys. Yeah, to start thinking about him. Aaron could be so in the right in that situation. Mm-hmm. He could be, like, completely justified to talk down this guy who maybe said something else. But if the editors are thinking, okay, Cody, maybe he's going to leave episode two or three or something like that. Aaron's Mm going to stick around for a while, but Aaron is going to cause more drama with some of the other guys. We want to set up that this guy is a beef starter. So we're going to splice this clip halfway through and throw it in there. And everyone's going to be like, what the heck is up with this guy? And then... Uh, the understanding that this is maybe a drama starter or whatever gets validated when he continues to do that. Right. Even if it's presented out of context. Oh, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. He also could be a complete, you know, a-hole. <laughs> like, as In well, real but... life, yeah. He could just be starting that everywhere. Just starting beef with guys. Yeah. Absolutely. But he also, you know, could not. What do we know? We're just watching the TV. What is reality, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And just because I need to know this as a fan of yours, how many times do you watch each episode? Like to to prepare for your videos? It's it's strange because if I mean, if you like, what do you consider watching an episode? Because I will edit it and kind of have it on my screen basically from Monday night until Wednesday (laughs) evening but solidly I'll watch an episode uh, at least two times before the recap comes out Um, it it also it's also different like this last week had a lot more I spent a lot more time you know not in the live stream and not behind you know the editing desk Mm-hmm. with the footage because I'm trying to, you know, between Monday night and my video on Tuesday, come up with who my final four is. So, uh, yeah. So we watch the episode. This was a big week for you. Yeah. It, the first week always is a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> a little extra, but that's good. It's fun. And I'll, I'll, I'll watch the episode and live tweet then have a, a live stream and talk about the show. And then immediately after the live stream, I watched the uh, the preview for like another hour and then went to bed. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of jot down some like, okay, where am I going? What, what are we thinking? How are we feeling? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I was like, I was thankful for what you picked out because I was like, oh yeah, you know he is present in the, in what looks like more than one one-on-one date. Oh, man. There was so many kind of mm-hmm. red herrings, too, I felt like. That got there, all, there always is. Mm-hmm. There always is. 
But if you if you break it down first and foremost with just trying to focus on the romantic side of things, and that's where it's going to go with the final four, and mm-hmm. you can just push aside some of the drama stuff first. It can it can kind of help to make things simpler, line line them up a little bit neater. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. really start to see that, I, and I don't know if it's happened before, at least in my memory, maybe it has, where just such a clear line of five guys came out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from the previews. And, and that's the whole point when, I, when I'm trying to, you know, come up with a top four mm-hmm. after night one. Let's get it to four first. Or six, yeah. at least. And five guys. Just five guys were the only ones with real strong footage. And, when, and then one mm-hmm. of those guys, if you broke things down and really looked, all of the footage was from one singular date. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Michael. It's all from that, like, dirt bike date. Or a... Mm-hmm. Uh, four-wheeling date yeah and and they also this season and last season had huge front runners night one if you just watched the episode mm-hmm. who when you watch the previews completely gone completely absent right which means there's really no footage that they want to use of the guy available even uh which tells you that the guy <laughs> is not going to make it far i think connor kind of showed all his cards too early like, you have to show yeah. that you're a little funny. That's where um, the, the guy who did the accent. He oh, yeah, showed, Andrew S. Thank you. He showed that he has that kind of sense of humor with Katie. That, and she has that, too, of like, yeah, let's do silly accents to each other. And you, you brought up something where she complimented his terrible accent. <laughs> that, uh, oh, yeah. Only someone I... who really loves a person could do that kind of compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, she said, your accent is so, oh, no, it was great. And I was like, what was it? But like, that's, but then I thought like, that's what you do on a first date. If you really like someone, you're like, yeah. oh, sorry, I, uh, you know, my shirt, <laughs> this is the only thing I could find or something. And no, I love it. And the shirt's horrible. Right. Or it's stupid. It's whatever. Um, so that, and also, you know, I like, I think Andrew got a good, edit and you know he's in the previews a ton yeah and from what i can tell it looks like they have good chemistry but again how can i really make a comment on that sort of thing so much can change yes it's so interesting (laughs) yes exactly it's so interesting hearing you break this down because it's very similar to the way that we have broken down our movie, mm-hmm. where we watch it a couple times all the way through, and then we've broken it down into five-minute sections, so we kind of just continuously every week have those like five mm-hmm. minutes playing on a loop, basically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we've got our you know long-running theories that we come up with from the very beginning and just to see how it plays out, if it ends up mm-hmm. going somewhere, because we already know how it ends. Like, that's, yeah. that's fine. But I know there's confusing elements to it that are... there. It's all there. Because for Rocky Horror, it was all there. Everything was in the, the footnotes and the production design for you to further interpret that, like, yeah, they're aliens from another planet that maybe had reproduction issues. And the whole point of the movie is that Frank gets Janet pregnant. You know? No yeah. one thinks about that. But yeah, <laughs> like it, it, it does with... take... A, yeah, you have to kind of really look or or 
watch a few times. But Yeah. And the same thing with shock treatment. I know there's more there. I know there's so much commentary. And it's kind of like how you're describing, like, what we sitting on our couches can only assume is actual chemistry. And uh, it may not be. It may be very manufactured. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about the most recent seasons, let's say, starting with JoJo's. And I may okay. be referencing another one of your videos right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, with the perspective Bachelor leading men casting their own seasons. Yes, yes. And That's so wild. This was, yeah, this was something that formulated, gosh, I, like kind of just organically over mm-hmm. this off season, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I think I was trying to do something along the lines of... Uh, I was just trying to come up with interesting ideas for the off season, and mm-hmm. uh, and I and with you know one of one of the storylines over the last couple of years before Peter was the Bachelor was Mike didn't become the Bachelor and Mike was right. someone who a many favorite. people, including myself, really wanted to be the Bachelor, and mm-hmm. it was you know time, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and kind of over a while I thought. Like, you know, what about all these people who were almost the lead, who were the runner-up? Um, certainly, Tasha was in line to be the Bachelorette even before Claire was picked. Mm-hmm. And um, and then as I was kind of formulating that idea in video, this bit of Luke information came out that he was mm-hmm. going to be the lead. It was pretty much all done and... Um, I believe many people have signed contracts by the time they choose who the okay. lead is going to be. And so at that point, the you know ABC, the Bachelor people can can pick who the, whoever the heck they want. They have full power. Um, but I guess it had gotten to the point where pretty much Luke was told, you're it. And he then went and talked to a few people and said, I want you to be on my season. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be the one, or you know, we'll we'll ride or die, this sort of thing. And then on top of that, even more news came out of other people potentially, uh, you know, casting their seasons. Yes, having you know, come on mm-hmm. my season. Then there's obviously Paradise, which is kind of that's happening already. Which so. is also nuts because if you think that they're trying to produce storylines for themselves that will guarantee them being on the show the entire season and having a primetime television gig for how yeah. however many weeks bachelor paradise or, bachelor in paradise or whatever is. Yeah. yeah and then that drives up you know your social media following and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i mean the kind of gray area is how much of this is a conspiracy and i approach all my conspiracy videos with uh you know a little wink and a nudge um <laughs> and some tinfoil i have to thank yeah. you for the tinfoil because uh we inherited it from you yeah we now have it surgically implanted yeah you know. excellent as it should be <laughs> and uh yeah it, like how like is is there an element of the producers guiding them the producers yes. just kind of turning a blind eye and letting yes. it happen or literally the next uh, my next note says to what level is production actually involved in that and being like yeah if you meet any girls in the next couple of weeks like 
we are still casting. Yeah, yeah. keep an eye out for any girls who you might want to date. And I was thinking, like, the what is actual reality if, like, someone meets someone on the street, it's a chance occurrence, they have real chemistry and a real connection, and then they're like, I'm going to try to manufacture my reality right now and see if yeah. you can go through the test and instead of being like, no, I don't want to do the show anymore because I found someone who I actually am interested in and want to pursue, they could continue with casting their own season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, and I wonder if the temptation is to try and do that as if you're like a producer or something. And of course, you know, no clue what the reality is there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This is all, you know, just kind of speculation, <laughs> I guess. Yes, we, tr <laughs> we treat it like reality. America treats it like reality because to some level, isn't it? reality yeah and and it, I, I guess it is um and the temptation is also to go okay let's uh let's do this because we're more likely maybe to have a successful season because you know the, right. the person's choosing someone that they may have already liked or had a relationship with and uh, like how would anyone know because uh like they this is not a celebrity maybe this person that they're bringing on mm -hmm. um in a couple of instances it is uh, someone who they've been talking with um, and uh, like from a se previous season or something like that right. which we yes. know like Caitlin Bristow for, was talking with Nick um, before their season started mm -hmm. and she even like well I, th I guess maybe this was I don't know when when this happened but I remember there was something where she gave like a a wave or a, a signal to Nick from like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that hmm. and he was watching and, and it was like if hmm. I do this I'm thinking of you sort of thing hmm. <laughs> and uh, and so ha like how much and how little is uh, controlled mm -hmm. and I don't know will you bring I up I think you and maybe a couple of other uh, bachelor YouTube channels that I uh, will peruse sometimes your channel is like my favorite I don't feel like I cheat on your channel with other Bachelor videos. <laughs> no, no, I, that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, but, like, the idea that there is a platform like YouTube that exists where they can release all of the unaired footage and they can show a full narrative of every single contestant's journey. But they don't. But they don't. Right. Yeah, and, and part of that is probably because it's network TV and there's mm -hmm. only so much they can do. Sure. And only so much people can stomach. Valid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I do think there is r room, first of all, for more getting to know some of the people that we, you know, maybe don't typically get to know during a yes. season or that you might like, you know, like Dr. Joe from uh, Tasha's season... Mm -hmm. Someone that fans like didn't get a heck of a lot of screen time. Um, I'll take like a it's... full YouTube channel just following JPJ around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but also, you know, it's it's every every player is, you know, playing their part right. in terms of how they're editing a season. And if you got to know, you know, this one guy too much, 
people might like them more than the person who wins. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then you they're disappointed in the reality that's trying to be yeah. manufactured. And, yeah. Yeah. The reality of this is the perfect love story, and this is the love yes. story that had to happen. This was the love story that is true love. Right. And yes. um you know and, uh, just how to segue because I was going to say that like <laughs> you're talking about people who don't usually get platforms and to talk about Matt James's season which was the most mm-hmm. diverse season with the first mm-hmm. black bachelor with more yep. women people of color than ever cast before and produced storylines included giving far too much screen time to who was actually being portrayed as a Disney villain like she called herself a queen <laughs> like that is a Disney yep. villain. Yeah, and and there's a a, a an Instagram page mm-hmm. called Bachelor Data. Yes. That that shows that showed the percentage of screen time. Mm-hmm. And uh, of each contestant, and the you know for the longest time, it was you know all white women at the top, mm-hmm. and the women of color in the second half. Of the uh, of like far less screen time, even though, as you said, there were more women of color than ever, and more right. women of color on the uh, on the, on the season. Mm-hmm. And they also allowed actual slander to occur on national primetime television. Yeah, like that's not a storyline that needs to be aired at all. That was yeah, <laughs> and that was the like... shaming of. Of both Brittany. the shaming of, of sex workers and also uh, the allowance of a rumor, which yes. ended up being false, absolutely uh, false. that a woman was a sex worker. Right. And that's a real person who now their mm. real life is being impacted by something yeah. that's getting manufactured by national television. Yeah. And, and, and they're, you know, to say what we were talking about before the reality now is that some people believe that right regardless yes. of of the truth exactly. and regardless of even the even experience. if the show says uh oh no you know that's not true and they do like the whole you know getting together and and apologizing and all that sort of thing you know sometimes for many people that first thought that first you know, getting in there Impression. that this person is, uh, yeah, that yeah. this person, you know, is what the rumor is claiming to be. Right. That's the lasting thought. That's the lasting impression on their mind. Because we could have gotten plots revolving around Brie or Michelle. Absolutely. You know? Especially a stronger Michelle uh, narrative if they were considering her for Bachelorette at the time. I mean, she already had a yeah. great edit. Yeah. Uh, she, um, there were a lot of women who deserved more screen time on that season. And mm-hmm. yet so much was taken up by, you know, Victoria and mm-hmm. Anna and all that yes. that stuff. It could have been it also could have been filmed filled with not just, you know, getting to know some of these people, but more getting to know Matt and, and investing more in the romance of the season. But I also wonder if, you know, at a certain point they kind of knew where things were ending. Uh-huh. And uh, and so they just kind of threw the romance out the window. Exactly. <laughs> did they edit it that way because it was a train wreck of a finale? Because he didn't end up proposing? Or, like, 
I was considering if I were a woman in that house going through that process, like maybe the reason we didn't get edits with Brie and Michelle that were super fun is because that's an incredibly taxing process to go through and to be living with women like that. And Absolutely. And that helps, like, it It really helps to try and put yourself in the shoes of many of the people on the show. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I watch a ton of Bachelor. I, you know, break it all down and I can call out sometimes editing, but I also get swept up in mm-hmm. the storytelling of the show a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even I'm susceptible to storylines and fake outs and and all of that business because um, you're human <laughs> well yeah but you know and, and but i'm also a fan of the show too yeah. like i you know i get swept up because i enjoy watching the show and and uh, and people's reactions and and everything but yeah it like putting yourselves in in their shoes you really start to remember like okay uh sometimes this show is very produced Mm-hmm. Things are manufactured. For example, you know those little like chit chats. Maybe two girls will have together or two guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking about something else that's happened on the show. That is um, typically manu- not well, not manufactured. But someone will say, "Okay, who wants to have a girl chat?" A producer. Yeah, who and wants to come often, sit over on this couch yeah. for a couple of minutes and, and talk about what's going on in the house? Pose so that it's very, very easily filmed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and often they're incentivized to do that. Yeah, right. like they like okay, uh, you know, we're gonna get the movie that you want to watch tonight, or you know, we'll give you some extra like time on your phone because normally they take away your phones. Oh my um, gosh! And and it, so people are incentivized to have those little chats, and uh, and I know in the past, I don't know, you know, how it might have gone down this season or last season, but you know, sometimes. They will sit you there in those interviews uh, for hours until they get the kind of footage that they need or that they want because they want to form a certain storyline. Yeah. And um, and so it's all like, it's, you know, it's all said. You said those things, you know. Yeah. But the way that they frame it can uh, can change things. And, change the um, meaning of it. Yeah. And in, and in the reverse of that is some women or men on the show can be, uh, I guess, I don't want to say punished, but um, they they will be sort of dropped if they don't play the game, if they don't yeah. play ball. Yeah. Um, my primary example of this is from Peter's season, there was a woman named Savannah who came on. Um, you uh-huh. might not remember her uh-huh. because she, uh, you know, got out in the middle of the show and uh, didn't get much I remember her from the reunion and her being like, do you feel like you regret giving roses to some of the girls who ended up going home because of yeah, drama I think, anyway? Uh, yeah, I think she said something like that yeah. at the reunion. And essentially, the story that I heard, so I'll, I'll say allegedly <laughs> this happened. We're putting um, on our tinfoil. <laughs> I believe, and I believe this came from her. Um, but again, this is a while back, so mm-hmm. allegedly. Um That on night one, they proposed for her intro that she come out in just her, you know, underwear mm-hmm. and present Peter two options for dresses. Yes, and have him pick you know, what he'd rather right. have her wear. And then which one would you like me to wear tonight? Mm-hmm. But also she's standing there out in her underwear. <laughs> and now that might ring some bells 
for y'all if you watched Matt James' season. As there was yes. another woman who all of a sudden, on that season, came out in her underwear with two dress options going, which one, Matt, would you like for me to wear tonight for the cocktail party? And according to Savannah, she said no, because she didn't want to ruin her, like, reputation at her work. That was her, yeah. you know, perspective. Yeah. Um, totally get it. And, and, you know, absolutely don't want to do that. Of course. And after that, they sort of dropped her. Like, okay, she doesn't play ball. She's not going to give us what we want. We're going to edit her out. And uh, and she even said that there was like a, a pillow fight date and they gave her the grandma pajamas to oh, wear yes. for it. Yeah. Because, you know, she that, that was the sort her. of, yeah, yes. sort of thing. So. Yeah, I think about that all the time with the one-on-ones that they're given and how some one-on-ones mm-hmm. are very romantic. Like, uh, Tasha and Zach's date, their one-on-one toward mm-hmm. the end of the season uh, was so romantic. They were paint. They were doing body paint yeah. on a canvas on the floor yeah. that was like, go ahead, roll around on top of each other. Yeah. Versus Ivan was literally put in an ice bath yeah. and was yeah. told... Stay in and, there as long as you can, bud. That'll really get your erogenous zones going. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And gosh. oftentimes when we think about how, like, like a season being edited, we think of it as like, okay, they've got their footage, and they've seen the ending now, and they go, okay, how do we want to frame this? And they start plucking things out and putting things in. But the reality is, for the most part, they've already kind of got an understanding of how they want the season to go as it's mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. So they can manufacture things and produce things at like lo- like in live time as well. So you can see, you know, sometimes this person's going to get the fireworks at the end of their date. This person's yes. going to get this or that. Or this is a person who we know is um, uh, rubbing people the wrong way, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to, you know, stoke that fire. And it's not just in the editing room that a lot of this manufactured stuff comes together. No. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Your uh, channel encourages me to do so. <laughs> and I I was thinking, too, about this, about Matt James' season and all of the train wreck that occurred outside of the production in mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. actual reality, I guess. Like, was that yeah. produced to some From level, maybe? I don't know. I really don't there, know. There, I, I think there is a level, but... Um, yeah. Like, like, I think sometimes there are things that... Uh, like, articles that will get released by certain publications... Yes. That I think is, is part of the game a little bit. Like, uh, okay, we're going to release this article... The, what I'm thinking of right now is the Jed Wyatt stuff from Hannah Brown season. All of a oh, sudden, sure. okay. halfway through, a People article came out of the guy, um, you know, having a girlfriend mm-hmm. while uh, being, you know, on, being the on the show. And right. he's one of the front runners. And you, and you could be easily thinking that at that time, they might be filming the breakup, you know? And so, okay, this is what we're going to do. Now we're, they're film, we're filming the breakup. This mm-hmm. is happening. Hannah's finding this out. Um, let's release an article and ex- you know to people that mm-hmm. um, you know we'll give them a tip or something. Give them the full exclusive, mm-hmm. and it looks like it just comes from a publication not connected to the show in any way. 
And then everyone go, goes like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Now we're watching a season where the one of the frontrunners... Maybe a this, scam artist. Yeah, scammer guy. And in reality, that's kind of what's been drummed up maybe a little bit by production. A- allegedly, you know? Allegedly. Yeah, because And there's I... o- there are other examples, too. Leaks yes. and things, you know. Yes, and I uh, also, uh, the other redacted, the spoiler redacted, uh, I think about him, too, how much of his information is just directly from ABC, and there's, like, a, a team dedicated to that guy and sourcing information oh. to leak through him. Oh, and okay, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't quite know who you're talking there's about. There's two current redacteds. Chris Harrison is yeah. no. I don't know if Chris Harrison is still a redacted. Will I need to bleep his name out too? He, he's he's enjoying like twenty five million dollars. So in he, Texas uh, somewhere, in his robe, drinking his mimosas. Yes. He's yeah. We don't need to. I think he's fine. Well, that too. I think about that. He's been on the show for how many years? And yeah, was he in a contract that he could not break? And then. Now he is not on the show anymore, and he, that's exactly what he was hoping to happen. Yeah, he was also an executive producer. Yeah. So he was invested in, you know, not like not saying anything. But perhaps that $25 million is part of, you know, him not, you know, releasing the floodgates on everything. Sure. Yeah. Because, man, just all of the contestants, like, and him... And anyone who's had to sign a contract regarding what yes. their personal experience to be as, like, true. Yes. And then what life is like seeing a produced version of that reality. And then it's on TV and then it becomes everyone else's actual reality or actual perception of a produced reality, I guess. Yeah. And the and the, the contract is a whole other beast. Oh, boy. I, I don't know what the Bachelor contract is like now. Mm-hmm. I've seen a description of one from maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to RuPaul. Yes! There's, there has been... Uh, maybe you've seen like the YouTube videos talking about the contract there. I haven't because I don't want the veil to be lifted on that one for me just yet. I want to enjoy it for like... um... No, please. I will hear it through Um, your lens. I just want to give it like another season of enjoying it before I start to uh, pick it apart. Oh, I I, I understand that. I I fell into that. Um, You know, like RuPaul was kind of like my you know, world that... My reality world that wasn't The Bachelor. (laughs) Yes. Where I didn't know any of the back... You know the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, and then and then I you know and then I got into it a bit. Um, of course. But uh, I the the RuPaul one thing about the RuPaul contract is um, like there there's like they have apparently allegedly allegedly the power to for I think four years pull you into any season they want. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Just like you know, like if if they want you for All Stars. And, and you'll get paid the same as, like, you would before, which I actually don't think is a heck of a lot, but, you know, you're also getting huge exposure, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, like, if, if they want you for All-Stars, or if they want you to come back for another season, like they do with uh, some queens, mm-hmm. 
like Alyssa, they keep bringing back for dance challenges and stuff. Or Miss Vanjie or something like that, you right. know, coming back again. And Miss um, Vanjie. But Miss <laughs> Vanjie. <laughs> but the crazy thing, I think, if I re- remember correctly, is that that stacks, that rolls over. So once you go on that second season, it's not like okay for the next two years or three years or something. Uh, you, you you know they can call you back whenever. It's another four years. Oh my god! And then gosh. if at the end of your four years they pull you in at the last minute, then it's repeated for another four years. Oh sort of my god! And, and and it just makes me wonder, is like is something like that in place for Paradise? Mm. It would kind of make make sense a little bit, like on on their end, you know, the producer end, to guarantee, I guess, people coming on yeah I, I wonder i do think i do remember i think maybe not because i believe dean was talking recently on a podcast with jason <laughs> uh, caitlin's jason katie just went uh dean <laughs> <laughs> well I, dean i dean i like now he grew on dean me I he, do like now. the second yeah. time he came back i was like okay yeah i, I hated him the first time bit. i hated him the first time yeah. the second time yeah. i was like all oh, right yeah. fine. first paradise was complete you know Ugh. Uh, he he was talking, I think, about like uh, th- like the reason why he came on Paradise a second time, and it had to do with finances and where he was financially. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I recall correctly, there was a bit of choice on his end. Maybe you have more choice. Um, Maybe a little more flexibility. You know. Like you don't come back this season, but you come back next season. Yeah, depending on how, on how big you are. I don't know what it's like now, but I do know that there was that, and also there have been spots where people just turned down The Bachelor, turned down being the lead, even though they were on a show. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. that was, you know, X amount of years ago. I'm so intrigued. I, I think I said this on our, like, regular feed episodes of, like, I would love to get a black hat producer who can just spill all the tea to, t- yeah. <laughs> to just, like, write a tell-all book, and then... Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like you have my notes or something because I wrote I I consider this too when I watch RuPaul because those contestants are so known for trying to craft their narratives and mm-hmm. I mean RuPaul's also pretty famous for it when you oh. consider he like casts a season of contestants and then almost already has in his head an elimination order. Mhm. Absolutely. You know. And I mean, or the rivals, right? Just look, just look at the at the ending of the season. What like you you watch the end of the season, uh-huh. and then you know that day you can also watch the uh, final four contestants see who actually wins. Yes, his because favorite. They don't know. They film four different endings. Yeah, and then RuPaul That's chooses. Right. Yep, and then they're all sitting there on the couch together watching and you can see which ones kind of know how it's going to end based on who gets a like the eliminated in the first you know lip sync oh man i can't like it's crazy it's, yeah it is crazy it's crazy but exactly because he knows what the season's going to be at the end he knows already who he wants to add to his lineup of queens already mm-hmm. you know he's crafting what he wants his legacy to look like and who's who are his winners, you know? Uh, but back to your speciality, The Bachelor. 
Do you ever go back and rewatch old seasons with the perspective of the future? Um, <laughs> not really. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes yes. Sometimes <laughs> in small doses. Um, I have, uh, I did this past year revisit a, um, a season preview. Okay. From Juan Pablo season. And okay. to analyze it from the view of, okay, we know how the whole season goes, who's, you know, looks good at the end, who wins, who makes the final four, to see, you know, what, what we could figure out. And my theory for this year that I've sort of developed this year is that um, typically the person who is showcased the most is the runner-up or, you know, near runner-up or something like yes. that. So I have. I have looked back. Yes, and that informs you, in like, regard. now with thinking that Greg is a front-runner for Katie, that he's so present in her season one preview. Yeah, and, and he's so, 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 so present that mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, too good to be true. It's yes. kind of too good to be true. Okay, so to prepare for my bay, my queen... Taisha, to step into her rightful place as resident counselor, I mean, as a host <laughs> of mm-hmm. Katie's season of The Bachelorette. So I rewatched all of Taisha's seasons to see how her, quote, character arc evolved. Yes. And like, yes. right now, am I talking about a real person or am I talking about a character on a TV show? Yeah, yeah. character arc. And, and <laughs> you to know? be fair, even though Taisha is... One like right now, my favorite bachelor personality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of getting into my head a little here because I was even wondering if I was going to do a video on like why Tasha <laughs> is the ultimate per- bachelor personality right now. Yes. Um, oh my because, gosh! Yes. Because of that story arc, and I don't think it, it wasn't intentional from the beginning, but mm-hmm. Tasha, we saw the reason why I think her season was also so rewarding was we saw her in redacted season and we saw her in paradise and go through this whole love journey. It's what, um, you know, I, I wondered when they were talking about Hannah Brown 2.0 and they wanted that season. They were dishing out, you know, the vibes and the contracts for that. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the time she was like super star, very favored, you know, and dancing with the stars winner. Um, I wondered if that would be the case because of the sort of storyline of it. It was her, you know, going on redacted season, having mm-hmm. her season, having that season kind of being Fall apart stolen on from her, her, I guess, poor thing. you know, right? And then dancing with the stars and all that. And then this was supposed to be the like cap on the the love story, like oh she she finds her love story, yeah. Um, you know, from a producer standpoint, that you know makes a lot of sense. And capitalizes on her popularity at the time. With Tasha's season, it was satisfying because we got that kind of cap on her arc, her storyline. Yes. Her entire romantic journey, we got to see her breathtaking debut, just like this poised, stunning goddess. Mm-hmm. Just like so confident and mature and wasn't really like she confronted the drama that was occurring. And then she created yeah. the right drama. She was like when she was on Bachelor in Paradise, it was like, I don't know if I like Derek. Yeah. I don't know if I like John yeah. Paul Jones. 
Yeah. And then it inspired really good drama between those two guys. Uh, and you don't get annoyed at that drama. Uh, and one thing I love about Paradise is that who would like JPJ and Tasha as a couple who was fuck? so funny and uh-huh. fun and enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. But you like you, like no one was shipping those two. I remember back then people were like, "Oh, JPJ and Demi." Like, you know, take the two super blonde people and, you know, put them together. This is who, like, one of the big uh, couples that, you know, when I was covering stuff, people were like, who, who do you ship for, mm-hmm. for Paradise? And everyone was, like, saying those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, like, quirky JPJ and quirky, quirky Demi, Demi, I guess. Yep. You know, like, let's put them together. But no one could have, no one was saying JPJ and Tasha. No. <laughs> And, like, okay, Bachelor in Paradise season five is just, like, the best season of American reality TV. (laughs) Paradise is one of my favorites. Uh, Because all of the, like, the stagecoach drama was just, (gasps) that was so interesting. I forgot about the stagecoach drama. And that was, like, actual reality meeting produced reality. We were seeing the conflict come in. Yeah, and it, but it's also... It's strange because both are very produced, though. And yeah. Yes. I think maybe the stagecoach stuff kind of breaks the, you know, the whatever producer veil a little bit. Uh-huh. Because, like, you come on to Paradise as a viewer imagining, like, oh my gosh, all my favorite people from The Bachelor and Bachelorette are meeting for the first time. Mm. And for a lot of cases, even before all of the stagecoach stuff, that wasn't true. Right. They all go to the same events. They all go to the same parties. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and they, they all have, like, their club promotion things. Like, meet this right. person and that person. They all yes. show up. So they've all met many times, often. And uh, and it kind of broke the, the production veil, I guess, in that they, you know, people went, oh, they all know each other when, when that storyline came out. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of entering into that era now with Paradise where... That, that's that's kind of the reality. There's an understanding now that these people have kind of met. And established chemistry. Yeah, the pivot yeah. is who's who's met maybe and who hasn't met and who might, you know, come in and break up who's met. Because all mm-hmm. over the, you know, social media bachelor world, we're seeing, like, people pop up together, yes. uh, you know, in New York or here or there, a couple... Coming together. And everyone can DM each other nowadays, too. Like Everyone can DM each other. Right. And you never know what's quite natural and what's quite planned, right. perhaps. Or planned in hopes of sparking an invitation to paradise. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of, it's that weird space of, of, you know, speaking of reality. We don't know what's real, what isn't real, mm-hmm. and how much is real. Yes. Yes, because it, it too, they all become, I guess, like C or B list celebrities, if not like A list celebrities. Mm-hmm. Tasha is on the cover of magazines yeah. and on yeah. the side of buildings in New York right now. Like that yeah. is an A list celebrity. And also, like, I think sometimes about Wells and how he's married to the actress from Modern Family, yeah, one of the Sarah daughters. Island, yeah. yeah, that's bonkers to me because they're supposed to be just you know average people that are attractive living in america though yeah though she met 
him, I guess like she that initiated through Paradise because she watched the show. Isn't that wild? And uh, and she would tweet about it, and I think she like tweeted something for, you know about Wells, like oh he was cute or whatever. Because and he then is. those tweets <laughs> like kind of yeah spurned everything. Who's that adorable bartender? Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's that that was that. It blows my mind because then like. The better version of Bachelor in Paradise is Love Island. <laughs> and I say it like yeah. that because Australia is the season to watch. And <laughs> I think about like how those people are just average people that just get tossed into... Well, I guess everyone's an average person before you're on reality TV. Yeah. But really because they're tossed in a house and the name of the game is to cop- couple hop or a couple break and split. (laughs) Like, it's a totally different sociological experiment, which is so fascinating. But you brought up Demi earlier, too, because I think Bachelor is, like, two weeks away from becoming gay. (laughs) Like, we need Mm -hmm. an LGBTQ plus season. Yeah. It needs, it's just, it feels overdue. But not... But not Colton, <laughs> which which I say because pe- they, that is something that uh, what you know was kind of in the rumor mill a little bit when he came out. But okay, okay. But I, I don't think that's that I don't think that's going to happen. I think it was something that was talked about a little bit though when it happened. Maybe just as a publicity stunt sort of thing. Sure. But I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But I agree with you. We do need that because. Hear me out. Demi for Bachelorette. Well, the, the funny thing that you, you're you talking about, is, and something I kind of want to cover, I don't know if I'm going to cover the whole season, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, speaking of Love Island, you know, in Australia, mm-hmm. the Bachelorette Australia coming up is going to be a, a season with both men and women on it. Oh my gosh. Where Where do I watch? Where do I sign up? To be on the season. No, I'm, I, can't yeah, it, it is, I can't do that to my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> there was an off-season, I don't know when, where I watched Bachelor in Paradise Australia because uh, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I think the Australian version of The Bachelor is one of the best ones. And they would have American contestants on. Mm-hmm. So they had like Canadian Daniel on, for example, a couple of times and a few others. I was covering mainly a few storylines from that season I did a video on one and one of the main storylines of that particular season was a former bachelor was coming on with his former pick but they oh. were separated oh. and then she was also at one point in a coupling with another woman on the show oh. and that was kind of the I guess one of the shakeups of the season I guess and the woman she was with is now the Bachelorette. So, Gasp. in Australia. I'm going to love this season because, like, what I'm thinking with Demi is everyone knows her storyline already. Everyone knows mm-hmm. that she's bisexual. You'll get a cast of open-minded people who understand that they're dating a bisexual. And then there'll just be, like, a ton of hot men and women in the house that is, like so interesting for its own experimental purposes yeah. like to see what could happen and and what what couplings could happen uh, i would love 
to see it. I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I don't... <laughs> say, say this cynically, I don't have faith in it happening. Right. Even though it's something I want to see. I, I think if it does happen, I'm guessing it will be something along the lines of a separate season from the, you know, typical rotation mm-hmm. of Bachelor, Bachelorette Paradise. Do you think it's one of the things they'd put on, like, Hulu? Like a season they'd Maybe. only stream on a service? Maybe. They have talked about that. I... I, I think it would be it would be a season that would maybe be perfect for the like Michelle slot that they've got sure. like at the end of the year maybe yeah. you know separate from it a bonus season uh, I think maybe and that's probably it's it's very safe for them that mm-hmm. slot because it doesn't affect what they're you know and I, again I say this cynically you know like the production you know control high mind whatever that's <laughs> controlling all of the bachelor world it doesn't mess up their plans of, well and, and uh, the know. mouse has been pushing the uh, gay agenda pretty hard this pride month so you know it's interesting well, the mouse does own abc yeah that's true so you know it would kind of fit perfectly into that spot mm-hmm. I, I i'd love to see it yep. if it were a normal bachelorette season it, it's a bit awkward because getting Demi in there, it would have to be another one of those scenarios, those like Claire scenarios where they, uh, they're choosing someone who is not, you know, the it person of the moment. Right. Uh, from The Bachelor. And, uh, and, you know, the way that you get Demi back in there, I think, is through Paradise. And so again, Ooh, yes. you know, Bachelorette is right before Paradise. So it would be a long time. But it would reintroduce uh, her. I mean, Nick Vial yeah. got that. So why not yes, give it to I a know. woman? Was, let her have... And again, that was, a, that was a sort of like Claire scenario, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of the selection process, who they wanted. Yeah. Oh but, my gosh. Uh, but what I, could, what I could see is, you know, have Demi in Paradise. Have her try really hard and then, and then, to and be... And then her in there. In the relationship, but just no one's quite right because it's all like old cast members and it's like well let's give her a fresh fresh shot yeah have her in there and then you know pump up her storyline and then maybe it would be perfect for right after that Mm -hmm. announce bachelorette season you know with men and women and uh and then have it air (laughs) have it start filming right after paradise have it air in october we are um, nodding our heads very slowly and mischievously. <laughs> yes, I would like but, this to happen. Thank you. But he, here's what I think is actually more likely if they were to go in that route. Mm-hmm. And that is to have someone in mind for that particular role. If they wanted mm-hmm. to do a season of, you know, both men and women, bachelorette or whoever, gender fluid, mm-hmm. they would kind of pluck that person out almost like Matt James because mm-hmm. I believe that that Matt James was kind of already being groomed as a potential ba- a potential bachelor when they selected him mm-hmm. if they if they decided you know that's what ABC wanted to do that they could do that which is why they were they were you know after they received pressure to have the first ever black bachelor they just pulled the trigger and chose him instead of like Mike or something like that Right. They they would have this person in place, or maybe two people in place, have them air on a season of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. and then prop them up in that way, so that they are that, you know, it person of the moment. 
Like Katie. And like Katie had a, yeah, a brief yeah. run on The Bachelor, but it's like they already knew she was going to be the ideal next it, it, leading it feels actress. Like that. Yeah. It feels like that. Especially with, you know, she was eliminated so early. Yeah. In the show, and yet was the lead. And her, like, life outside of the produced reality, her actual reality was, like, making TikTok comedy and being a social media maven and, like, doing TikTok and Instagram Live videos, you know? So it's almost like the perfect casting for The Bachelor, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my sort of conspiracy is that Maybe it's, you know, they they, ha- they cast and they have an idea of who they like already. They I mean, they, they throw out people, uh, like Sean Lowe said, he was like the first one out of the limo because uh, they knew he might be someone mm. that was likable okay. for the lead and for America. So they, they will position, they positioned him kind of favorably. And, you know, at the end of the day, if he gets out of that limo and falls flat on his face that's you know that's him that's on him (laughs) or if you know the lead doesn't like him then you know there's nothing you can really do about that sure or there there is but not you know you can't completely script it so but you can kind of put them in that favorable position yes where they get a lot of time with the lead that's set up maybe and they're going to get a lot of screen time and all that screen time is going to be really positive so America's going to love them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can do a lot. Yeah. Even with the oh quote unquote live reality TV or whatever. Yes, because, okay, so Tasha again, like perfect casting for being a bachelorette. And then, I don't know, was it somewhere in their cards then of using her as a replacement host? Yeah, and the conspiracy, well, the conspiracy first off is... Like, you know, how much was planned from the start? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the replacement thing. I think with the hosting stuff, they there was probably a lot that had to happen on the fly. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Tasha made sense for a few reasons. One, like, the, you know, this she is the bachelorette it person of the moment. Mm-hmm. I You know? And just coming off of the season, mm-hmm. uh, well-received season, very liked, you know, in a coupling, a successful Bachelor coupling. Yes. And had also uh, done, like, some E.T. hosting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she had a, a, a little bit of hosting and production stuff under her belt. So that, that kind of seemed to make sense, I think. It just feels so eerie and uncanny to us, who are now analyzing shock treatment uh, where the contestants are aided by their resident counselors Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and to be honest it's a concept that's been missing on all of the bachelor shows is a licensed professional who can provide real therapy to these people while they're going through this incredibly traumatic process (laughs) there is a allegedly a an on-site kind of therapist but i think regardless of who they have and how much they might be working more needs to be done right. on the show in that yes. regard Unde- undeniably because it's first of all having Tasha and Caitlin is brilliant because Tasha has been successful on the show and then Caitlin has been a different kind of successful like 
She mm-hmm. still stayed in the family. She met another guy that was interested yeah. in meeting someone from the same experience. And then, of course, Dancing with the Stars this year. Oh, yes. Year. Oh, my gosh, that's right. I, Oh, man. She's so relevant. And I've, I just... It's so crazy to think of having to date so many people that are singularly interested in you all at one time is like... Yeah overwhelming and then they also don't have any of their friends or family to regulate them and to be like you know you're acting a little weird or this person you're spending a lot of time with this person they're changing your personality like is that something you want to be happening (laughs) or like you know give them perspective more perspective than just from producers or even if there is a therapist on staff or even if yeah. there are hosts who have been through the experience, like people who are not trying to produce or manufacture the reality as yeah. opposed to like aiding in the reality that the person's experiencing. And and my one of my suggestions for, you know, thrown out into the void of no one's, no producer maybe will ever hear it, but one of my suggestions for the season it was you know they you have these producers who are allegedly um, you know trying to push narratives and and see like you know what good shot can I get what kind of dramatic moment can I catch or manufacture and I think what they should have going on is a production team that's incentivized to do the opposite mm. to you know what what romantic moment what surprise what nice thing can I try to manufacture for the lead or for these contestants or for this date instead of like what you know embarrassing thing can i get someone to say what yes. moment can i create that truly makes something special a happen? romantic moment yes or put someone in a better mood so that when they go into a date they're you know, like on a high which i think can help yeah and they're emotionally prepared for it <laughs> yeah and and i think like you know there are stories of like people being given hundred dollar bills for you know, getting someone to cry or to, you know, make a, a, you know, certain shot or whatever happen. There should be, like, that incentive for the opposite, I think. And, you know, they will always have... You've got a group of guys or gals or whoever in, you know, confined into a place with nothing to do but talk to each other. You're Mm going to get your drama. And there there is always going to be pushing of the drama on the show. So you're going to get that. And especially if you're dealing with like a bunch of guys who all like the same person, Mm -hmm. you know, what stuff comes out in them, what competitiveness, what toxic masculinity, what traits they decide to portray because they're competing with other men. We're not going to lose the fun, crazy drama aspect of the show by doing that, by investing more into the romantic side of the show. Right. I think I think the sh- it, the show would be better off with that. And I don't know if there is someone who does that, but if there is, there should be more people. Yes. Or, you know, there should be more of that. And there absolutely should be more counseling mm-hmm. available on the show. And I know um, that there 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 are certain lines that you can't cross at, uh, when they cast you in terms of like I guess mental health history, okay, and yeah. and stuff like that. That they like there are books that have talked about, uh, like the Bachelor Nation book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Amy Kaufman wrote that. Like talks about that kind of stuff, but she also talks about how they really, really skirt the line sometimes there. Mm-hmm. So 
it like more care should be taken in that regard as well yeah. i absolutely believe oh i agree there, there's a lot of work to be done with the show and i don't know again uh what that's like now so. right with the it being in a bubble yeah in a bubble or in the last couple of years sure. a lot of the stories and stuff i'm talking about here i've I heard, i've heard from like like two or more years sure since yeah. but i mean how much has possibly changed but but to talk about this season, for me, mm-hmm. it's like so, there's so many meta levels because Albuquerque is my hometown. I okay. grew up there, moved to California when I was like 20. So it's like absolutely wild to see the mansion. The Bachelorette Mansion is literally where I had my sweet 16 pool party. Uh, like, wow. It sounds That's way cool. fancier than it was. That's like kind of the thing you do in New Mexico is pool parties because it's just really hot out there. <laughs> but I see the Sandia Mountains in practically every single shot. And it's the season's only just started, but I already recognize like uh, every filming location and notice too the things that they're kind of doing out of season if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you, have you seen, or the, in the most recent preview, they show a giant burning puppet. She asks if you've yes. seen it, when it's your job <laughs> to see these things. I, <laughs> yes. I didn't mean to offend my bad. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I, I have. Okay. I have seen it. That is Santa Fe's Zazobra, which is a fall tradition uh, where people will actually submit their bad luck documents, like divorce paperwork or old bills or breakup letters, like of that type. And well, t- thank you. I'll, I'm gonna write that down, and uh, <laughs> I'll be able to like yes. point that out. Yes. Okay. Because because I, then- I was curious as to what it was, if it had some significance. Yes, and the like festival team that's been running it for I don't know I think it's been going on for over a hundred years because it's an indigenous ritual yes tradition yes and what would happen is they make they paper mache this giant puppet and I am not kidding you it is I need I'm gonna I can't even approximate the number I want to say it's like 80 feet tall is that tall? Mm-hmm. That is tall. That's tall, right? That's, That's very that is tall. that is tall. It, that it's supposed to be that tall. It's in the middle of a field in the middle of Santa Fe, and the indigenous tribes that are still local to that area will perform a fire dance, and will light zozobra on fire, and it's supposed to release all of the bad spirits that have been haunting people, mm-hmm. and. I just was like, oh, that's interesting because that means they must have done that in April. And how weird it would be for the people yeah. living in Santa Fe yeah. knowing that like this doesn't happen yeah. until October. No, well, that <laughs> makes a ton of a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and I, I wonder because I think it's it's Blake on that date too. Ooh, okay. Uh, and I he's burning all preview. of his bad juju from his last yeah, season. Maybe maybe yeah, burning all the stuff from Last season, which kind of a theme, they did. Uh, they burned the dress with Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes. I don't know. And I can just feel like I don't know where they're all. All of the dates are going to be located, but it's like 
I feel yeah. like I can already predict they're going to go to like certain breweries and they're going to go to like Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, which if you have not heard of it before, I am going to send you. Well, will they? Like, it, like I don't know the area, but if they're in, in a bubble. So everything in New Mexico is like, yeah, it's like within a two hour radius of, of like Albuquerque is kind of an island. And then there are things to do in Santa Fe, and there's things to do, yeah, I, like, in Roswell. I guess what I'm saying is, like, can they leave the resort, though? Oh. But they, but they can bring, like, the, you know, the effigy to the resort. That's, ooh. I hadn't thought of them doing Zozobra at Tamaya. But that's real. That'd be even stranger. If I were living in New Mexico yeah. right now, I would be like, <laughs> what the heck are they doing like right over there. That's not where Zizobra is. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I think there were like there were tons of people who said, "What the heck is going on over there?" Because there was constant light coming from the resort. Yes. Especially like at night and stuff like that. Yes. Because they're they're doing like night one. You know, usually goes in, into the morning. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Often, and so like they would have the huge production lights. And Albuquerque is like a huge, uh, like for. Uh, astronomers who like do yeah. amateur telescope like viewing uh albuquerque is perfect for it because the light pollution is so minimal like it's uh, i i say mm-hmm. that now it's going to be a shame because in a couple of years albuquerque is going to be like the new los angeles because netflix is going out there and it's no longer going to be breaking bad that albuquerque yeah. is known yeah. for <laughs> But yeah. they're going to go from one type of star searching to another. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But it's so nice to see my hometown in such a beautiful light because, no joke, the lighting in New Mexico is incredible. And like the magic hour that filmmakers talk about is actually, I'd say, like a four hour chunk every evening. Like it's just so, the skies are so clear yeah, and so beautiful. Yeah. That it's like, I can't believe they never... I'm glad that they have to do these production bubbles because a little town like mine has never been showcased like this before. And it just feels like a really long hometown date for me. (laughs) (laughs) To see all of my favorite parts of my hometown get showcased for America. Yeah, I bet that's cool. Because it's going to put Albuquerque on the map. Like Denton. In shock treatment. (laughs) (laughs) And to tie it back into our own thing, you know. (laughs) So, like, watching shock treatment, was it uncanny for you, knowing what you know about The Bachelor? Not, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I I watched it first as just kind of a, you know, movie lover, Mm -hmm. not really in a reality mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess there there were some parts early on, especially, where they have weird cuts, Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. In that, like, beginning sequence. Yes, during, like, marriage maze and stuff. And I thought, like, you know, okay, that's, like, a connection. Because mm-hmm. so much is done on the, the show. Like, they, they call them Frankenbites, where they take a sound clip from mm-hmm. one uh, one area and from another area and put them together to make it sound like they're saying something crazy or I didn't come here for or... friends. I came here for followers. Yeah, and, okay. and, and that and that soundbite, he kind of like, I don't know, I can't remember how it goes, like, I, I didn't come here for, to make friends, I came here to make followers, like, <laughs> you know, I came here, like, it has a weird downward inflection, kind of, if yeah. you really listen to it, but with the music going, and 
the uh, it jumping so fast to the next part of the preview it uh like it, you kind of miss it sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so i definitely noticed that i think like shock treatment itself was making a larger i guess statement in a very like uh i guess absurdist sort of way mm-hmm. or an over the top you know kind of commentary thing where so much of the bachelor is, is like subtle yeah i guess the like the reality TV-ness and the I guess fakeness of it is very like you know just under the surface. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to know it's produced. They want you to suspend your belief as much as possible. Yeah, they, they yeah, yeah. Whereas like like so much of this uh, is um, right out there, but it sort of ties a little bit into this this major theory that I'm actually working on, which I might come out <gasps> with you know with this week. Um, and I'll, I'll leave just the, the tidbits for you. There, like, so much of The Bachelor is cinematic. Yeah. Yes. And um, and I mean that in the, the people who create the show love cinema, and they will constantly make dates, even, references to movies. Yes. For the purpose of the show. Yes. And we saw, like, like they did that with Claire and The Graduate, um, we yes. saw like oh connections to James Bond with Matt James, and there's and this this like the base of it isn't my theory, because someone uh, came to like messaged me with a theory about a particular scene from the previews in the Bachelor at, not with Blake. Oh oh oh. Well the, yes, so there is that there is that as well the say anything right. shot with Blake. Yes. Um, but it's a shot I've called the notebook shot because mm. it is in the rain with Greg. But mm-hmm. someone else had a theory about it not being um, the notebook, but it being Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. If you've seen the ending of that. I and think it's the probably ending of both. Breakfast of Tiffany's <laughs> has a cat in it as well. So, yeah. The, yeah. so there's there's more to it, which um, I, I might bring up in a preview breakdown or separate video <laughs> the, soon. Love it. I will consume it immediately. It's something that I'm like, Adam, get on the couch. There's a new video. Sit down. We're watching it right now. (laughs) So, uh, so, so there is a a very cinematic, I guess there is a connection between the two in, in that regard a little bit. Cool. Well, yeah. And then I was thinking too of how Cosmo and Nation being counselors and, aiding Janet in her experience on reality TV. Like, what do you think with Tasha and Caitlin being hosts and kind of aiding yeah. Katie in their, with their experience? It, well, is the question, like, are they kind of, you know, presenting themselves as one thing, but actually, you know, maybe a little bit of another thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, the actors... Presenting themselves as one thing, but they're actually actors. Right. Are they just character actors or are they actually speaking from their real experience? I I think with my instinct with at least Taisha and Caitlin is that it's a little bit of both because they are hired by production. They are hosting. They are representing production. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. they are part of the production team, first and foremost. But uh, I do think because they are newer and they've been in Katie's shoes that perhaps there's a lot more, you know, being on Katie's side. Right. That's my initial vibe. Sure. Whereas I think Chris Chris Harrison, first and foremost, was about creating the best show possible. Yeah. And Chris Harrison was going to come back, you you know, season after season 
So I, I never quite bought when Chris Harrison was like, I, you know, I just want to do what's best for you, you know? He would come in. Yeah. It was a I, little too like, too much like it was just the role he had to play of like, oh, I'm supposed to get called in at this time. Guess I'm here now. Yeah, and I don't want to say that Chris Harrison necessarily came in and was like, you know, just evil intent on ruining everything. Maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, there is a little bit of that Mm -hmm. in the show, I think, in the whole production side of things. Or that he was, I guess, disingenuous to, you know, suggest that, you know, he wanted what's best for whoever the lead was having that tough time. Oh my gosh. But he was absolutely, first and foremost, a producer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think perhaps Katie, or, or with Katie... And Tasha and Caitlin, Tasha and Caitlin are a, l- a little more in between the two of like actually wanting to uh, do what's right by Katie, but also you know they they are working for production. They know the process. They know how to how to make a good storyline. Yeah. So so they're not quite. I would say maybe Chris Harrison a little more shock treatment. Uh, <laughs> Chris Harrison's like the Birchnick. Caitlin. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he was there um, and we were like, oh, a, a bunch of people love him, I guess. That's why he's still here. <laughs> His contract is, I yeah. guess, a million years. I don't know. And and uh, yeah, and I guess maybe Caitlin and uh, Tasha a little bit less. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, shock treatment. No, they're... <laughs> On the scale of, of one to shock treatment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is about... In show advertisements, ver- and yeah, like oh, yeah. brainwashing, just straight up. When yeah, you consider that these people are huge influencers on social media, and no matter what they are wearing, that is an advertisement for that clothing style, Absolutely. that jewelry they're wearing, the way they're styling their hair. It's all a little bit of an ad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you'll always see, like, what was this person wearing on this episode thrown out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, typically, the show, any date you see, any place that they stay at, maybe yes. it's different because of the bubble, um, is actually something they've paid $0 for. Yes, they're just getting it for advertising yeah. on primetime national television. And and they, they say, okay, we are going to stay at your resort Mm-hmm. In this place where we're coming for a week, and we promise to have this many shots of the resort, this many shots of the front lobby, this many shots of the logo, this many shots of the you know big sign at mm-hmm. the opening of mm-hmm. the uh, the thing, and in exchange you will board us and you know feed us for free or something like that. I just have to say that Katie's intro this season where they were like she's in washington right now she's in seattle right now i was like no she's not that is 100 percent the resort at new mexico because the textiles that are being used are distinctly new mexican (laughs) and the yeah and and i mean the effort to go to seattle with a production crew Mm -hmm. and katie and quarantine do that bit and then come back and quarantine again especially when they're on with the bachelorette a tight a much tighter schedule than with The Bachelor, in terms of getting it done in time, uh, is, uh, yeah, that's not happening. They 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 would get there, do their thing, <laughs> quarantine once, and then that's it, and, and go go into it. Oh, yeah. Ugh. So. 
Well, okay, I had one final question regarding shock treatment because I'm building a theory here. <laughs> okay. So put on your tinfoil for this one. All right, it's on. <laughs> I'm honored. Uh, do you think, by any chance, Brad and Farley are the same person? And I don't just mean that they're the same actor and played by oh, the same guy. Yeah, yeah. But do you think... In this universe that we are getting manufactured for us, is it possible that the Brad we are seeing is also, like, projecting this personality? Persona. This persona. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I'll pass you tinfoil if you need more. (laughs) Like any conspiracy, I love it. Um, (laughs) Yes. But, uh, (laughs) I I mean, I I, I don't know. I never never really thought of that. I, uh, yeah, like... (laughs) I, I like I guess, of, like if you provide a good, strong enough argument, of course it's a movie. Like <laughs> yeah, there are interpretations, and uh, uh, it, you know it's possible. Okay. It, it, what is the basis of your of the theory? Like, is there a particular moment that uh, <laughs> yes. you know makes you think like ooh? When Janet is introducing herself and her husband Brad on Marriage Maze. We get the like monitor feed of her introducing herself, and then we cut to the control room where Farley is sitting, and he comes into frame and looks directly into the camera when she says, "This is my husband, Brad." And then they also uh, talk uh, about like, "What did I do to my what? Uh, look what I did. Look to what I did id. to my id." Like I don't know if there's some kind of like Freudians stuff happening like all right i'm convinced <laughs> yes yes hey i buy it. i mean the 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 i guess the the general everything of this movie you know why not why not why not yes absolutely <laughs> because could i also convince you maybe that dr scott oh, and no. frankenfurter are the oh, same person again she tried this argument all of last season, <laughs> and I don't want it to come back. Well, I wonder because, like, I, like I don't know the history of, you know, the sh- of this. Right. I guess you know. Yeah. Franchise, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, I know there was like supposed to be a maybe a like a Rocky Horror two or something like mm-hmm. that. Electric Boogaloo. So like, may- I don't know. Maybe there is like a like some of the stories that were kind of planned bleed into shock treatment. So yeah. Uh, so why not? Hey, thank you. That's more support than I've ever gotten on this theory. So I'm gonna thank the tin foil for that well, one. Yes. Any any good conspiracy, I'm on board. <laughs> Me too. Any parting thoughts? Any final things you wanna think about? I I I have after that conspiracy blowdown. I my brain is is just all over the place. <laughs> Well, it's gone. I'm glad so. I gave you something to think about, maybe. <laughs> but where can all of our listeners find you? Because I could not recommend it more. Like, as soon as you're done listening to this, go on, go where he's telling you to go, please. Yeah, you can find my channel, my videos, my breakdowns of each episode of The Bachelor week by week on YouTube at Bachelor Fan Take. Tuesdays, and I come out with my recaps of the show. Wednesdays, I come out with my preview breakdowns, 
And you can also follow me on Twitter at Bachelor Fantake and Instagram at Bachelor Fantake. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Would you ever do a podcast? Um, or are you like a video guy? You like making the videos? I, I have thought about it. Yeah, v- videos I kind are my are my focus. I have thought about a podcast, but uh, so much of my week is already consumed by YouTube yes. that uh, we'll we'll see on the. It's podcast, a commitment. But, yeah. We can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but. Again, yeah, absolutely. please watch his videos because they're incredible. And you don't even really need to watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette to enjoy it. You can just enjoy it for the breakdown. No. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Right. We really yes. appreciate it. Thank you for having oh me. Oh my gosh, yes. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much to Bachelor Fan Take for your take on shock treatment. And thanks to you for tuning in. And don't forget, on, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, we watch Shocky. Bye. 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 <laughs> I just keep coughing here until... <laughs> please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And please consider becoming a beloved patron. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.